Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today is September 4th, 2019. Today, we're going to continue reading R.L. Stein's Night of the Living Dummy. I hope you guys are enjoying this creepy introduction music. I'm going to go ahead and pause it. So, last time in the story, Chris's, Chris went downstairs in the nighttime. And her sister Lindsay heard her scream, so she ran downstairs to see what happened. And when Lindsay came downstairs and saw Chris against the wall, she saw that all the food from the refrigerator had been dropped and spilled on the floor. And right in the middle of it was uh, Chris's dummy, Mr. Wood. He was sitting there with her beads and and a bowl of fried chicken in his lap. So we're going to continue on and start with chapter 13. Chris, are you okay? Lindsay cried, turning her eyes away from the grinning jewelry-covered dummy. Chris, Chris didn't seem to hear her. Are you okay? Lindsay repeated the question. What's going on? Chris stammered, her back pressed against the wall, her expression taut with terror. Who who did this? Did Mr. Wood? Lindsay started to reply but their mother's howl of surprise from the doorway cut off her words. Ma! Lindsay cried, spinning around. Mrs. Powell clicked on the ceiling light, then the kitchen seemed to flare up. All three of them blinked, struggling to adjust to the sudden brightness of their eyes. What on earth? Mrs. Powell cried. She started to call her husband, then remembered he wasn't home. I I don't believe this. Barky came, bounding into the room, with his tail wagging. He lowered his head and started to lick some of the spilled milk. Out you go, Mrs. Parlow said sternly. She picked up the dog and carried him out and closed the kitchen door. Then she strode into the center of the room, shaking her head. Her bare feet narrowly narrowly missing the puddle of milk. I came down for a drink, and I I find this mess, Chris said in a trembling voice. The food, my jewelry, everything. Mr. Wood did it, Lindsay accused. Look at him. Stop it. Stop it, Mrs. Powell screamed. I've had enough. Mrs. Powell surveyed the mess frowning and tugging at the strand of blonde hair. Her eyes stopped on Mr. Wood, and she uttered a groan of disgust. I knew it, she said in a low voice, raising her eyes accusingly to the two girls. I knew this had something to do with those ventriloquist dummies. Mr. Wood did it, Mom, Chris said heatedly, stepping away from the wall, her hands tensed into fists. I know it sounds dumb, but stop it, Mrs. Powell ordered. Narrowing her eyes, this is just this is just sick, sick. She she stared hard at the jewelry, bedek, bedek, bed jewelry bedek bedek dummy, who grinned up at her over the big platter of chicken. I'm going to take the dummies away from both of you, Mrs. Parwell said, turning back to Lindsay and Chris. This whole thing has just gotten out of control. No, Chris cried. That's not fair, Lindsay declared. I'm sorry, 
They have to be put away, Mrs. Powell said firmly. She let her eyes move over the cluttered floor and let out another weary sigh. Ah, look at my kitchen. But I didn't do anything, Lindsay screamed. I need Mr. Wood for the spring concert, Chris protested. Everyone is counting on me, Mom. Mrs. Powell glanced from one to the other. Her eyes stayed on Chris. That's your dummy on the floor, right? Yeah, Chris told her, but I didn't do this, I swear. You both swear you didn't do it, right? Mr. Powell said, suddenly looking very tired under the harsh ceiling light. Yes, Lindsay answered quickly. Then the both of you lose your dummies. I'm sorry, Mrs. Powell said. One of you is lying. I, I really can't believe this. A heavy silence blanketed the room as all three Powells stared down in dismay at the mess on the floor. Chris was the first to speak. Mom, what if Lindsay and I clean up everything? Lindsay caught on quickly. Her face brightened. Yeah, what if we put everything back right now? Make the kitchen just like normal. Make it spotless. Can we keep our dummies? Mrs. Powell shook her head. No, I don't think so. Look at this mess. All the vegetables are spoiled and the milk. We'll replace it all, Chris said quickly, with our allowance, and we'll clean it up uh, perfectly. Please, if we if we do that, give us one more chance. Mrs. Powell twisted her face in concentration, debating with herself. She stared at her daughter's eager faces. Okay, she replied finally. I want the kitchen spotless when I come down in the morning. All the food, all the jewelry. Everything back where it goes. Okay, both girls said in unison. I don't want to see either one of those dummies down here in my kitchen again. Mrs. Powell demanded. If you can do that, I'll give you one more chance. Great, both girls cried at once. And I don't want to hear any more arguments about those dummies. Mrs. Powell continued. No more fights. No more competing. No more blaming everything on the dummies. I don't want to hear anything about them, ever. You won't, Chris promised, glancing at her sister. Thanks, Mom, Lindsay said. You go to bed. We'll clean up. She gave her mother a gentle shove towards the doorway. Go, go. Not another word, Mrs. Power reminded them. Right, Mom, the two twins, the two twins agreed. Their mother disappeared toward her room. They began to clean up. Chris pulled a large garbage bag from the drawer and held it while Lindsay tossed in empty cartons of spoiled food. Empty cartons and spoiled food. Chris carefully collected her jewelry and carried it upstairs. Neither girl spoke. They worked in silence, picking up, cleaning, and mopping until the kitchen was clean. Lindsay closed her refrigerator door. She yawned loudly. <sighs> Chris inspected the floor on her hands and knees, making sure it was spotless. Then she picked up Mr. Wood. He grinned back at her as if it was all a big joke. This dummy has been making nothing but, but, but trouble, Chris thought. Nothing but trouble. She followed Lindsay out of the kitchen. Clicking off the light as she left, the two girls climbed the stairs silently. Neither of them had spoken a word. Pale moonlight filtered into the room through the open window. The air felt hot and steamy. Chris glanced at the clock. It was a little past three in the morning. Slappy sat slumped in the chair in front of the window, moonlight shining on his grinning face. Lindsay Yanni climbed into bed 
pushed down the blanket and pulled up the sheets. She turned her face away from her sister. Chris lowered Mr. Wood from her shoulder. You're nothing but trouble, she thought angrily, holding him in front of her and staring at his grinning face. Nothing but trouble. Mr. Wood's wide, leering grin seemed to mock her. A chill of fear mixed with her anger. I'm beginning to hate this dummy, she thought. Fear him and hate him. Angrily, she pulled open the closet door and tossed the dummy into the closet. It fell in crumpled heap on the floor. It fell in a crumpled heap on the closet floor. Chris slammed the closet door shut. Her heart thudding. Dun, 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 dun. She climbed into bed and pulled up the covers. She suddenly, she suddenly felt very tired. Her entire body ached from weariness. She buried her face in the pillow and shut her eyes. She had just about fallen asleep when she heard the tiny voice. Let me out. Let me out of here, it cried, a muffled voice coming from inside the closet. Let me out. Let me out, the high-pitched voice called angrily. Chris sat up with a jolt, her entire body compulsed in shuddered fear. Her eyes darted to the other bed. Lindsay hadn't moved. Did you hear, did you hear it? Chris stammered. Hear what? Lindsay asked sleepily. The voice, Chris whispered, in the closet. Huh? Lindsay asked sleepily. What are you talking about? It's three in the morning. Can't we get some sleep? But Lindsay, Chris lowered her feet to the floor. Her heart was thudding. Dun, 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 dun. Wake up. Listen to me. Mr. Wood was calling to me. He was talking. Lindsay raised her head and listened. Silence. I don't hear anything, Chris. Really, maybe you were dreaming. No, Chris shrieked, feeling herself lose control. It wasn't a dream. I'm so scared, Lindsay. I'm just so scared. Suddenly, Chris was trembling all over, and hot tears were pouring down her cheeks. Lindsay stood up and moved to the edge of her sister's bed. S something horrible is going on here. Lindsay, Chris stammered through her tears. And I know who's doing it, Lindsay whispered, leaning over her twin, putting a comforting hand on a quivering shoulder. Huh? Yes, I know who's been doing it all, Lindsay whispered. I know who it is. Who? Chris asked breathlessly. Who? Chris repeated, letting the tears run down her cheeks. Who? I have, Lindsay said. Her smile spread into a grin almost as wide as Slappy's. She closed her eyes and laughed. <laughs> huh? Chris didn't understand. What did you say? I said, I've been doing it, Lindsay repeated. Me, Lindsay, it was all a joke, Chris. I got you again, she nodded her head as if confirming her sister's words. She gasped. She gapped at her twin in disbelief. It was all a joke, Lindsay kept nodding. You moved Mr. Wood during the night? You dressed him in my clothes and made him say those gross things to me? You put him in the kitchen? You made that horrible mess? Lindsay chuckled. <laughs> yeah, I really scared you, didn't I? Chris balled her hands into angry fists. But, but, she sputtered. Why? For fun, Lindsay replied, dropping back onto her bed, still grinning. Fun? I wanted to see if I could scare you, Lindsay explained. It was just a joke, you know? I can't believe you fell for that voice in the closet just now. I must be a really good ventriloquist. But, 
Lindsay, you really believe Mr. Wood was a liar or something? Lindsay said, laughing, <laughs> enjoying her victories. You're such a nut. You're such a nit. Nit? Half a nitwit? Lindsay burst into wild laughter. <laughs> it, it isn't funny, Chris said softly. I know, Lindsay replied. It's a riot. You should have seen the look on your face when you saw Mr. Wood downstairs in your precious beads and earrings. How, how, how did you ever think of such a mean joke, Chris demanded. It just came to me, Lindsay answered with some pride. When you got your dummy, you didn't want me to get a dummy, Chris said thoughtfully. You're right, Lindsay quickly agreed. I wanted something to, that would be mine for a change. I'm so tired of you being a copycat. So, so you thought of this mean joke, Chris accused. Lindsay nodded. Chris strode angrily to the window and pressed her forehead against the glass. I, I can't believe I was so stupid, she muttered. Neither can I, Lindsay agreed, grinning again. You really made me start thinking that Mr. Wood was alive or something, Chris said, staring out the window to the backyard below. You really made me afraid of him. Aren't I brilliant, Lindsay proclaimed. Chris turned her face to her sister. I'm never speaking to you again, she said angrily. Lindsay shrugged. It was just a joke. No, Chris insisted. It was too mean to be just a joke. I'm never speaking to you again. Never. Fine, Lindsay replied curtly. I thought you had a sense of humor. Fine. She slid into bed, her back to Chris, and pulled the covers up over her head. I've got to find a way to pay her to pay her back for this, Chris thought. But how? After school, a few days later, Chris walked home with Cody. It was a hot, humid afternoon. The trees were still and seemed to throw little shade on the sidewalk. The air above the pavement shimmered in the heat. Wish we had a swimming pool, Chris muttered, pulling her backpack off her shoulder. I wish you had one too, Cody said, wiping his forehead with the sleeve of his red t-shirt. I like to drive into an enormous pool of iced tea. I like to dive into an enormous pool of iced tea, Chris said. Like in the TV commercials, it always looks so cold and refreshing. Cody made a face. Swim in iced tea with ice cubes and lemon? Forget it, Chris muttered. They crossed the street. A couple of kids they knew rode by on, their, on the bikes. Two men in white uniforms were up on ladders, leaning against the corner house, painting the gutters. Bet they're hot, Chris remarked. Let's change the subject, Chris suggested. How are you doing, Mr. Wood? Cody asked. Not bad, Chris said. I think I've got some pretty good jokes. I should be ready for the concert tomorrow night. They stopped at the corner and let a large blue van rumble past. <laughs> are you talking to your sister? Cody asked as they crossed the street. The bright sunlight made his white blonde hair glow. A little, Chris said, making a face. I'm talking to her, but I haven't forgiven her. That was such a dumb stunt, she pulled, Cody said sympathetically. He wiped the sweat off his forehead with the sleeve on his t-shirt. With the sleeve of his t-shirt. It just made me feel like such a dork, Chris said, admitted. I mean, I'm just, I was so stupid. She really had me believing that Mr. Wood was doing all that stuff. Chris shook her head, thinking about it. It made her feel embarrassed all over again. Her house came into view. She unzipped the back compartment of her backpack to search for the keys. Did you tell your mom about Lindsay's practical joke, Cody asked? 
Chris shook her head. Mom, Mom is totally disgusted. We're not allowed to mention the dummies to her. Dad got home from Portland last night, and Mom told him what was going on, so we're not allowed to mention the dummies to him either. She found the key and started up the drive. Thanks for walking home with me. Yeah, sure. Cody gave her a little wave and continued on towards his house up the street. Chris pushed the key into the front door lock. She could hear Barky jumping and yipping excitedly on the other side of the door. I'm coming, Barky, she called in. Hold your horses. She pushed open the door. Barky began leaping on her, whimpering as if she had been away for months. Okay, okay, she cried laughing. <laughs> it took several minutes to calm the dog down. Then Chris got a snack from the kitchen and headed up to her room to practice with Mr. Wood. She hoisted the dummy up from the chair where he had spent the day beside Lindsay's dummy. A can of Coke in one hand and the dummy over her shoulder. She headed to the dresser dressing table and sat down in front of the mirror. This was the best time of the day to rehearse. Chris thought no one was home. Her parents were at work. Lindsay was at some after-school activity. She arranged Mr. Wood on her lap. Time to get to work, she made him say. She reaching into his back to move to move his lips. She made his eyes slide back and forth. A button on his plaid shirt had come unbuttoned. Chris leaned him down against the dressing table and started to fasten it. Something caught her eye. Something yellow inside the pocket. Weird, Chris said aloud. I've never noticed anything in here. Slipping two fingers into the slender pocket, she pulled out a yellow sheet of paper folded up. Probably just a receipt for him, Chris thought. She unfolded the sheet of paper and held it up to read it. It wasn't a receipt. The paper contained a single sentence, handwritten very cleanly in bold black ink. It was in a language Chris didn't recognize. Did someone send you a love, a love note, Mr. Wood? She asked the dummy. It stared up at her lifelessly. Chris lowered her, hand, her eyes to the paper and read the strange sentence out loud. Kurumari Odana Loma Molanu Karano What language is that? Chris said. Chris wondered. She glanced down at the dumbly and uttered a low cry of surprise. Mr. Wood appeared to blink. But that wasn't possible, was it? Chris took a deep breath. <sighs> then let it out slowly. The dummy stared up at her, his painted eyes as dull and wide open as ever. Chris, let's not get paranoid, Chris scolded herself. Time to work, Mr. Wood, she told him. She folded up a piece of yellow paper and slipped it back into his shirt pocket. Then she raised him to the sitting position, searching for the eye and mouth controls with her hands. How are things around your house, Mr. Wood? Not good, Chris. I've gotten termites. I, I need termites like I need another hole in my head. <laughs> Lindsay, Chris, could you come downstairs, please? Mr. Powell called. From the foot of the stairs. It was after dinner. The twins were up in their room. Lindsay was sprawled on her stomach on the bed, reading a book for school. Chris was in front of the dressing table mirror, rehearsing quietly with Mr. Wood for tomorrow's night's concert. What do you want, Dad? Lindsay shouted down, rolling her eyes. We're kind of busy, Chris shouted, 
shifting the dummy on her lap. The Millers are here, and they're dying to see your ventriloquist acts. Their father shouted up. Lindsay and Chris both groaned. Oh, the Millers were the elderly couple who lived next door. They were very nice people, but very boring. The twins heard Mr. Powell's footsteps on the stairs a few seconds later. He poked his head into their room. Come on, girls. Just put on a shirt. Just put on a short show for the Millers. They came over for coffee, and we told them about your dummies. But I have to rehearse for tomorrow night's. Chris and, for tomorrow night, Chris insisted. Rehearse on them, her father suggested. Come on, just do five minutes. They'll get a real kick out of it. Sighing loudly, <sighs> the girls agreed, carrying their dummies over their shoulders. They followed their father down the, to the living room. Mr. and Mrs. Miller were side by side on the couch, coffee mugs in front of them on the low coffee table. They smiled and called out cheerful greetings as the girls appeared. Woohoo! Chris always struck, always struck by how much the Millers looked alike. They both, they both had slender pink faces topped with spongy white hair. They both wore silver-framed bifocals, which slipped down on nearly identical, pointy, pointy noses. They both had the same smile. Mr. Miller had a small gray mustache. Lindsay always joked that he grew it so the Millers could tell each other apart. Is that what happens to you when you've been married a long time? Chris found herself thinking. You start to look exactly alike. The Millers even dressed alike in loose-fitting tan Bermuda shorts and a white cotton sports shirt. Lindsay, Lindsay and Chris took up ventriloquism a few weeks ago, Mrs. Powell was explaining twisting herself forward to see the girls from the armchair. She mentioned to them to the she motioned them to the center of the room. And they both seemed to have some talent for it. Have you girls ever thought of Bergen and McCarthy? Mrs. Miller asked, smiling. Who? Lindsay and Chris asked in unison. Before your time, Mr. Miller said, chuckling. <laughs> They were ventriloquist act. Can you do something for us? Mrs. Miller asked, picking up her coffee mug and setting it on her lap. Mr. Paulwell pulled a dining room chair into the center of the room. Here, Lindsay, why don't you go first? He turned he turned to Mr. Miller to the Millers. They're very good, you'll see, he said. Lindsay sat down and arranged Slappy on her lap. The Millers applauded. Woohoo! Mrs. Miller nearly spilled her coffee, but she caught the mug just in time. Don't applaud. Just throw your money, Lindsay made Slappy say. <laughs> Don't applaud. Just throw your money, Lindsay made Slappy say. Everyone laughed as if they'd never heard that before. Chris watched from the stairway as Lindsay did a short routine. Lindsay was really good. She had to admit, very smooth. The Millers were laughing so hard their faces were bright red, an identical shade of red. Mrs. Miller kept squeezing her, hus her husband's knee when she laughed. Lindsay finished to a big applause. Woohoo! Yeah! Woohoo! The Millers gushed about how wonderful she was. Lindsay told them about the TV show she might be on, and they promised they wouldn't miss it. We'll tape it, M Mr. Miller said. Chris took her place on the chair and sat Mr. Wood up on her lap. 
This is Mr. Wood, she told the Millers. We're going to be the hosts of the spring concert at school tomorrow night, so I'll give you a preview of what, what we're going to say. That's a nice-looking dummy, Mrs. Miller said quietly. You're a nice-looking dummy, too, Mr. Wood declared in a harsh, raspy growl of voice. Chris' mother gasped. The Miller's smiles faded. Mr. Wood leaned forward on Chris's lap and stared at Mr. Miller. Is that a mustache? Are you eating a rat? He asked nastily. Mr. Miller glanced uncomfortably at his wife, then forced a laugh. They both laughed. <laughs> Don't laugh so hard. You might drop your false teeth, Mr. Wood shouted. And how do you get your teeth that disgusting shade of yellow? Does your breath does your bad breath do that? Chris, Mrs. Chris, Mrs. Paula shouted. That's enough. The Miller's faces were bright red now. Their expression bewildered. That's not funny. Apologize to the Millers, Mr. Powell insisted, crossing the room and standing over Chris. I, I didn't say any of that, Chris stammered. Really, I... Chris, apo Chris, apologize, her father demanded angrily. Mr. Wood turned to the Millers. I'm sorry, he rasped. I'm sorry you're so ugly. I'm sorry you're so old and stupid, too. The Millers stared at each other unhappily. I don't get your humor, Mrs. Miller said. It's just crude insults, Mr. Miller replied quietly. Chris, what is wrong with you? Mrs. Powell demanded. She had crossed the room to stand beside her husband. Apologize to the Millers right now. I don't believe you. I, I, I gripping Mr. Wood tightly around the waist, Chris rose to her feet. I, I, she tried to utter an apology, but no words would come out. Sorry, she finally managed to scream. Then with an embarrassed cry, she turned and fled up the stairs tears streaming down her face.